What's up, everybody? It's Juan here from the Cinecite team, and I am bringing you the Cinecite cinema theme for the month of March. This is the first month that we're doing this, so we're going to see how it goes. But doing these themed episodes, we're going to try and keep them pretty short and get a bunch of these episodes out to you as soon as we can. This month, for the month of March, we are doing films from the 70s. Now, not just any films from the 70s. We're doing movies that I have not seen. Uh, so I've seen movies like Jaws, Star Wars, and The Godfather, the big ones. But there's just a few that have kind of flown under my radar that I haven't seen. So we got movies coming up from movies like Network. We got movies like Suspiria, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is shockingly one that somehow managed to escape my radar. But Nonetheless, I do plan on tackling it this month, but we got other movies coming too, like Andre Tarkovsky's films. I haven't quite seen Stalker yet or Solaris, and I would like to see The Mirror, but all in due time. But I got two epi two movies today for this episode. The first one, you heard the intro for it as our beginning of this episode, I guess. It was 1971's the French Connection by William Friedkin, who won the best picture for this film. William Friedkin, of course, also did uh, The Exorcist, and he's done many, many great films. I love The Exorcist, and one of my favorite horror films. This one was probably pretty shocking for the time era that it came out, 1971, still fresh off of the 60s era with Films not quite being the gritty crime thrillers that this one was. It was, I don't know how shocking it was for something like this to come out. There were films like Bonnie and Clyde that came before it that were just as crime ridden and just not inherent of what pop culture was used to seeing in its entertainment from the 60s, but this was a, a film that I'd been wanting to watch for the longest time and just I guess it hasn't been available to me on any of the streaming services, so I'm glad that I was finally able to get a chance to see it. Uh, it was a very interesting take on a story that seemed like it would be pretty cut and dry for a cat-and-mouse detective story where Gene Hackman plays Popeye Doyle, who is a tough, gritty, hard-nosed cop with uh, Roy... Scheider as his uh, as his partner, who's also the both of them are very uh not dirty cops, I would say. They they do kind of tread that line pretty closely to being dirty cops, and it's almost suggested that they are, but you can tell that they want to go to any extent to capture this French cartel not not cartel because it's not mexico but uh a frenchman who has been importing drugs uh the story is very well done uh the most jarring parts to me the music i know we had music playing for it from the beginning but the music was very brief and it would come in very small bursts and it was surprising because i i don't know why i expect more 
music from crime dramas, especially of this nature, where there's some sort of theme that keeps surprising, but I don't feel like I got that from this film that much, and I think it took notice through most of the film when it was silent and scenes in between, like, the city. But the most jarring thing is how the film was shot, and it was... I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that did the shaky cam this early, and to the extent that it does it where it feels almost it's almost nauseating but it adds to the grit of 70s new york which i feel like this made new york look like it's at it like the dirtiest place humanly possible and it really captures that feeling of danger in the city uh and it's also intercut between shots from New York City and, shot, and shots in France, where the shots in France make it seem like it's a whole completely different planet almost. It looks so peaceful in, in France, and then it cuts back to New York City, and it's just a desolate wasteland, which, you know, I can only attest to stories that I've heard of how great New York was in the 1970s, but this is just another one of those films that caught it along with, you know, Scorsese doing his films with De Niro in his early stage movies like Taxi Driver and Mean Streets. Those can really attest to the the vibe that this film gives. But one of the most interesting part to me is the way that the movie just kind of flows in terms of chase sequences. So there's the big chase sequence at the end in the car where Gene Hackman is trying to capture the guy who had been trying to assassinate him from the top of a building. And it turns into this very, very complicated car chasing sequence where it's not even him chasing him through a car. It's, he's chasing a subway through the street and it's, riding right underneath the railing that goes above the city and the whole time it you're just kind of holding on to the edge of your seat it's that kind of film that can generate that sort of feeling where it's so unnerving to see him just you know weaving through traffic and hitting car like this wasn't even it didn't seem like a very put together stunt like it kind of feels like it's actually happening where he's just free flowing through the traffic and he's hitting cars and cars are hitting him and he's fitting his car through tiny little spaces and you just you are shocked that this is even happening because it feels like it almost feels like he got away with one i'd i'd have to double check and see because i am still kind of fresh off of this film i didn't do too much backs back research for it but it was amazing to see that sequence and there's also another sequence where gene hackman is in the subway and he's trying to he's trying to tail the main frenchman uh, whose name escapes me but he is he's following him through the train station and he is trying to make it seem like he's not tailing him and he gets on the train, gets off the train, gets back on the train and gets back off the train. And every time he tries to make it seem until it's very clear that he knows that he's following him and he gets on the train anyway and watches him 
go off the train in the distance and just waves at him with a very menacing wave that that image of it kind of burned a hole into my memory it was very very well done i can imagine just all sorts of ideas going through William Friedkin's mind as he was putting this together. But it was, this is just an incredible film. I would highly recommend it. I don't, I think it, it felt like a pretty ageless crime story. I I think this would resonate well for viewers today. I don't feel like it would be a film that, you know, carries the seven. There's some films from this era where I don't know how well they carry over because they're, they don't have the same, it's not a narrative for the same audience as it was for the seventies, where we have a little bit more need for films now that are crime thrillers. There has to be a little bit more dialogue and a lot more to keep us interested where there's long sequences in this movie where there's no talking. There's just, there's a lot of, French in the film too, which gives the film a very exotic feel to it. And I feel like this is a film though that does resonate pretty well. And it would be interesting to see just a casual moviegoer, their perspective on it. But I love this film. Uh, I, I mean, if I was going to rate the film, I would give it an honest to God 10 out of 10. It was, absolutely glorious to watch there the way the film ends in particular that kind of sealed it for me where all of this happens and there is no real resolution where the last image you have is that it has a you know pre-credits but post-story scene where it just kind of tells you everything that's happening where it said that almost everybody that he was after gets away with it. Or if they do get caught, they have time served or they have a very light punishment, which is an almost too real ending for a story, but one that's very fitting nonetheless. So yes, The French Connection, 1971, Best Picture winner, 10 out of 10 for me. So with that, I'm going to take a very quick break, and then when I come back, I am going to discuss 1976's Network. And starring the mad prophet of the airways, Howard Beale. And welcome back, everybody. Now we're going to discuss 1976's Network. This was a film directed by Sidney Lumet and uh, written by Patty Chayefsky, who a lot of his work was uh, very monologue and had some definite some certain meaning behind it. This is one of those films that was an exception, but man, I, this is one of those films that you watch and you just have a definite feeling of watching something that was very important. And, uh, there are moments where you can see some very 
kind of preachy moments, but the it doesn't reach to like annoying levels that something like the newsroom hit with when you can see some bits of uh, Sorkinism in this where it the way that people talk feels more like a play as opposed to uh, very direct storytelling and like regular film narrative. This one, though, has some very, very heartfelt moments in terms of the monologues that it gives. But man, this is just a powerhouse of a film. It had great performances in it. Peter Finch's Howard Beale is just incredible. He he really brought it for this film. He it felt as almost as if they channeled some version of uh, just a very great news anchor to be able to like. It would be as if they got Walter Cronkite out and was able to do this film, but or Edward Murrow if he they brought him in for it. But he was absolutely phenomenal. Faye Dunaway always bringing a great performance. William Holden was great as Max Schumacher. This is I can't remember for sure if this is before or after The Godfather, but Robert Duvall was great in it. I know he was. Uh, Sidney Lumet discussed about how he wanted to have him in this movie because he felt like he had a very he had a distinctive and very powerful face that he wanted to have portrayed as uh, as the main television executive Frank Hackett where he had picked that up from the westerns that Duvall had been in before but man they were this is just like textbook acting at its at the highest degree this is probably going to be one of my favorite films that we end up doing for this marathon but network is a film that very correctly predicted the future of where network news would end up going where it turned more into some form of reality tv as opposed to actual news where so the story behind it is Peter Finch's character, Howard Beale, is in the movie starts off with them discussing how Howard Beale is going to be fired because of poor ratings. Ironically, also ends with them discussing how Howard Beale is the only anchor to have ever been killed because of bad rankings. But it's basically the slow decline of Howard Beale from an, an anchor with low ratings to an anchor who's got the highest ratings on television. And he's able to do that by spouting off... You can't really say it's nonsense, but in a way it is nonsense, where it feels like the stuff that you hear, the crazy person yelling in the streets, but instead of it just being a crazy person in the streets... He's a man with a microphone and a very strong platform. And the whole time you're watching this movie and you can feel like you can feel like the director is trying to say, boy, wouldn't it be crazy if this actually happened? And you can see, you know, it, it does happen like that's this is what it is now for modern news companies where it's one person giving off their opinion and just screaming it and having people just blindly accept it. And that's how people's opinions are formed now. And it's 
amazing to see that this was written in presumably 70 in uh, 75 and they finally got it on screen in 76 but man you don't you gotta have some level of uh you gotta have some level of strength to be able to pull off a story like this and it's so well done that you know it's not a whole lot of incredible shots but it the acting and the story and the monologue of it is just so interesting uh and it's you know for me, I don't think it's a movie that I hear about a lot anymore, and that's a little disappointing because, you know, from movies from the 70s, you hear a lot about The Godfather, and you hear a lot about Star Wars and Jaws, like the big blockbusters, but for some reason, Network feels like a film that, you know, I don't know if it has the, the appeal of most films, but, you know, as dramatic of a film as it is, there is a sense of comedy that you get every once in a while, but it's just a very, a very sad form of comedy where you wish it wasn't that true, but it is, it's all too true. But there's, there's just not enough good things I could say. I could probably go on and on, but I don't want this to be a 30 minute long episode. But this is, this is one of the, one of my more favorite films that I've watched in a very long time. And I, if I was going to rate it again, I would give it another perfect 10 out of 10. This was a great film. There's just moments that seem to taper off a little bit where it kind of, it moves more towards where the televangelist feeling goes. And then it starts to hit more of the, okay, we, we get what's going on now. And then once it hits the ending, you're like, oh, wow. So that's how far it went. But it was an it was an incredible journey just to watch this movie. And I'm very glad that I I can now cross it off my list of films that I've seen. And so, yeah. Uh, so join us again for our next episode, which will be on Suspiria, I believe. And I think I'll probably have company on that episode. So it won't just be me spattering off nonsense for 20 minutes so with that make sure to follow us on all social media platforms facebook twitter instagram listen to us on itunes and soundcloud go to the cinesite.net website to see all of our episodes and all of our written reviews as well make sure to share it with all of your friends leave us leave us as much feedback as you can we truly do appreciate it and until next time we will see you I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street and there's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. 
I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I want you to get up right now. Get up, go to your windows, open them, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Things have got to change. How many stations does this go out to? get mad. I know it goes to Louisville and Atlanta. I'm not going to take this anymore. Then we'll figure out what to do about the depression and the inflation and the oil crisis. But first, get up out of your chairs, open the window, stick your head out and yell, and say, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore.